Hi, this is Erin James Brown. My pronouns are she, her, and hers, and I serve as the interim site pastor at Urban Village Church, Edgewater. Urban Village Church does bold, inclusive, and relevant ministry for people who were traumatized by church, people who feel overchurched, and even the non-churched folks. If you identify with any of these signifiers, we're so glad you're listening. Would you consider helping us continue this Jesus-loving ministry in and across Chicago and over the internet? You can make a generous recurring gift by going to our website, urbanvillagechurch.org backslash give. And thanks for helping us with your ears, actions, and dollars to build up God's kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. And now, here's the latest sermon. Hi, my name is Randy. I'll be doing the scripture reading for today, coming from Matthew 21.1. When they had come near Jerusalem and had reached Bethphage, at the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go into the village ahead of you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, just say this, the Lord needs them, and he will send them immediately. This took place to fulfill what has been spoken through the prophet saying, tell the daughter of Zion, look, your king is coming to you, humble and mounted on a donkey, and on a colt, the foal of a donkey. The disciples went and did as Jesus had directed them. They brought the donkey and the colt and put their cloaks on them. And he sat on them. A very large crowd spread through spread their cloaks on the road, and others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds that went ahead of him and that followed were shouting, Hosanna, the son of David. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. When he entered Jerusalem, the whole city was in turmoil, asking, who is this? The crowds were saying, this is the prophet Jesus from Nazareth in Galilee. The word of God for the people of God. Well, good morning. morning. My name is Erin James Brown. My pronouns are she, her, and hers. I am so glad you are here this morning with us. Would you pray with me? God who has come to be with us, God who comes to offer us salvation. We give of ourselves to you, trusting, God, that you are continually at work in our midst, whether it's evidenced through people feeling the courage and joy to come out of the closet and to be fully who you have created them to be, whether it is the evidence of babies in our midst reminding us, God, that there is more instruction and need and discipleship to be done, whether it is the fact that we continue to remember our baptism, reminding us that we are beloved children of God. You, God, continue to save. And so we offer up ourselves to you. Work in us and through us as a community in order to transform our city and our world. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. So we had a lot going on this morning, and we got a lot more still joyous things left. But first, we got to talk about Jesus. Well, in Matthew's gospel, which we've been reading for a couple of weeks now, leadership is always seeking after Jesus, seeking to destroy him even unto death. 
And Herod, which he was a client king, which is basically like an alderman of uh, Judea, he sends spies, these three wise men, wise teachers, to check on this baby who was born to an unwed mother, mother whom folks had whispered was divine, Emmanuel, God coming to reign on earth. And those wise teachers, knowing that Herod sought to kill this babe, transformed by their experience in this mother's presence, well, they just decided to fail to return. They simply ghosted on the king, leaving him him without their location. So Herod, this paranoid narcissist, ordered all the Jews of the babies in Judea to be killed. Yes, babies murdered. All to, and so, uh, all to protect his authority. But you know, the power of persistent people and the power of persistent women, did you know? There's power in persistent women who subvert systems of power. So there were these midwives, and I bet them, knowing the stories of their ancestors, did the same thing when enslaved by Pharaoh. They let babies slip from their hands into their mother's arms before death came calling, allowing another generation to survive. So those in leadership and fearful And those in leadership had always been fearful of Jesus, seeking to destroy him even unto death from the beginning of Matthew to today's text. Even after Herod's death, the scribes and Pharisees pick up where Herod left off. They become paranoid and filled with pressure and they feel the city with a threat of takeover and the threat of the powerful one coming in the name of God. And what did Jesus do? Knowing that this threat lie ahead of him, Well, he gathered a donkey or a colt. The text is really unclear. Matthew actually probably was really terrible at translating Hebrew uh, because it said he's straddling two, both a donkey and a colt, which just looks really silly. And he just says, the Lord needs it. And so Jesus rides his ASS into the city of death, the seat of Rome and his uh, into the place where he will be hunted by the hunter. So he does come, uh, and he does come, scared, but also shaking his sandals. No, Jesus, and then Jesus does, I like to say in the best way possible, the gayest thing I've ever seen, which rides in like on a pride parade float, waving palms, which is the equivalent basically of cheap beads and random t-shirt cannons. And there's music and dancing and skipping and running down the street as he enters the city center. And Jesus comes to let the world know that he's going to let his divinity show. And the crowds are loving it. Maybe they're in on this double entendre of pride in the face of death, with which Jesus proclaims. And they shout, Hosanna, which means our God is mighty to save. In times when it seems like God won't work, when we went into the belly of the beast and the future seemed dim, Hosanna, our God will save, they cry. And so God, who tipped those wise men off to the creepiness of Herod and then gave them the courage to throw politeness to the wind and ghost him like Google Maps ghosts you on Lower Wacker, <laughs> our God saved. The God who emboldened those midwives to lie and came up with dreams to help them escape that same God put on human skin and rode into town prepared to save once again, and the crowds were trusting it. And actually, as I thought about Palm Sunday and what it means for us to come and celebrate this entrance into Holy Week, this entrance actually into a very sad and confusing time, it's sometimes hard for me to get my head wrapped around it. 
This time of joy and pride, Jesus enters the city proudly prepared to continue telling people of God's love and mercy and justice, even in the face of death. And the people rejoice, Hosanna, they proclaim. God will do the thing God has always done. God will go with, God will provide a way, God will continue to work, God will save. But not to spoil the story for you, the people at some point lose hope. In one chapter, they run alongside his donkey, and then you flip a few pages, and there they are calling for his crucifixion. God is mighty to save, except when it seems God is not. When doubt creeps in, when faith feels lost, when we're worried about burning it all to the ground and burning others in the wake of our destruction, these same people, I like to think I would have been one of them, Great rejoicing become people of fear and intimidation under persuasion. It doesn't really matter what the people do in the end. Their proclamation in this text is correct. Another a spoiler alert. Uh, come back next week, but God does save. Death can't keep its tight grip on God with us. The women present, those persistent women, they witness with their eyes the death of the Son of God, and later they feel the quaking underneath the earth at his resurrection. Despite the evidence before them of death, God is raised and continues to save. I don't know if you heard this story this week. I actually didn't hear it until recently, but in our own country, in a small, tiny town that I don't know if I'm going to pronounce it correctly, Opelousa of a small Cajun community in Louisiana. Three predominantly black churches were burned to the ground this week. The arsonists targeted black places of worship, sacred places in the black community, turning buildings that symbolize salvation into buildings that symbolize death, smelling the charred scent in the air and rushing to their home of worship. The members of one of the church's Greater Union Baptist Church circled their 129-year-old brick-and-mortar location where their families were baptized, married, and buried. In this third string of arson attacks, they gathered around their space where God presented God's self and they prayed. And as the flames rose and hopes seemed to be destroyed. They prayed for God's salvation. At a news conference later, there were FBI present, ATF agents. Uh, All the press was there. All the sheriffs were present. And the people decided to proclaim instead a spirit of resilience in the face of hatred. A local ATF agent, a persistent woman, uh, decided uh, decided she would put on... uh, turn the conference into kind of a sermon and preach. You know, persistent women like to do this. And she said, I want to say to the individuals who engage in these types of crimes, by that she meant arson, massacres by gun violence, threatens to black lives and black faith. She said, you have caused pain. You have caused hurt, but know this, you cannot destroy our faith. And the faith leaders in the crowd began to shout back, amen, which is a similar callback to God will save Hosanna. And the ATF agent, Dana Nichols, went on, we can have church anywhere. We can have church in a parking lot. We can have church in a field. We can have church, as many of us know, when when we're doing a building fund, just under a church tent. We can have church on a porch. And we know this. We'll have church in this very parking lot where the building you destroyed will stand as a remembrance 
that God is still with us. And we'd like to add, you can have church in a theater or you can have church in somebody's home or you can have church where two or three or more are gathered because in this place, we know God will save us. It is in the face of death and pain that God persists. Our God saves and our God continues to call our people into worship to our God. And Jesus, spoiler alert, knew this. As he pranced into that city street on his pony or donkey or colt or whatever, Jesus knew death was coming, and he believed the people would gather and persist in gathering together, that the women in the shadow of the cross would not avert their eyes, that his body, so tenderly wrapped for burial, would one day rise. The disciples would follow his commission to use the authority of of their persistence, living, uh, giving life, uh, life-giving God, of uh, building houses of worship throughout the world. They would go, he thought, and knew to make disciples of all nations, baptizing in the name of the God who creates a way out of no way. The son who redeems death from life and the Holy Spirit who builds and sustains new expressions of God's power to the end of the age. The church would go on, Jesus knew, as he marched into Jerusalem. And so this friends, is the power of our community. It's the power we inherit from our ancestors of faith, the power we inherit from our siblings in Opelousa, Louisiana. It is the power of our community, the power we inherit in a faith of a persistent God who saves. As we undergo this staffing restructure uh, that's been proposed to our church that we haven't even had a chance yet to consume all of the things about, and yet changes are coming down the pipeline, we still believe that God will go with us instructing us in the hopeful placement of pastors so that we are able to continue to share the good news that God is proud of the queer, of those in our city that need to hear that message the most. We do this. We continue to gather together. We continue to research the best ways to staff our structure because we believe it is so vitally important for young queer kids to to know that they can and should be proud to tell their pastor and their community that they're coming out. We believe that by carefully examining ourselves and our internalized racist tendencies, we too can combat the evil forces, change our hearts and change ourselves and then transform our world. We do this because we believe parents deserve the training and skills to raise anti-racist children because that helps us build a better community and raise the youngest of our disciples. So we continue to meet and sing and greet and tell each other our troubles and our joys and give up our time and our finances, getting our lives all mixed up with each other, not because we fear the future, but trust that as we continue to meet together, because we believe we need to remind each other that we are not alone. We believe that our God saves and helps us to save each other from the destruction of the world. Our God saves us to help us save each other from when our brain chemistry is out of whack and wants to tell us that we are worthless. We believe that we are saved to remind each other, you are saved for a purpose because you are a beloved child of God. We believe our God saves us to help save each other. And so our palms this morning are that kind of really gay symbol of our God who saves when the future seems uncertain and our way seems unclear. We believe as we wave them that our God will go with us. Make a way out of no way and raise new life from situations that seem dead and use and continue to use us to proclaim the good news of God because God's not finished with us yet. 
Will you pray with me? God, you go with your people in the wilderness and in the water. And your son was baptized and tempted just as we are, tempted to give in to the seduction of apathy, to be seduced into despondency. And yet, God, you continued to persist with your son, Jesus, offering him the way to the future, which is new life. So God, guide us through this season and all our seasons that we may not avoid struggle, but open ourselves to see your salvation. Guide us now, God, that we may not give up hope, but we may continually proclaim, Hosanna, God will save us. And so we pray in the name of our brother and friend, Jesus. Amen.